Alright y'all, thank you for listening as always. Salute to all the street wolves. Uh, we got the homie Phil Ford on the radio right now. What's going on, homie? Hey Jay, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And I also wanted to thank you very much for always, you know, sharing the links of all the episodes and stuff like that, man. I appreciate the support. Oh, no problem, man. I love what you do, and you do a great job, and, you know, you, you're on your grind, and I appreciate that, man. Thank you. So, you're from Canada? Yes, sir. Were you born and raised in Canada? No, I was born in Chicago. Uh, that's why you'll see on my Twitter uh, all of my uh, all of my Chicago teams in Illinois, because all my family's back there. But uh, pretty much been raised in uh, the Toronto area mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, and uh, yeah, but love the U.S. Very, very pro-U.S. In a, in a lot of respects, politically. Um, but yeah, that's the story. So I want I wanted to talk to you about. A few things that I've heard about Canada, and of course, I'm not the type of person that just jumps and runs with everything, so I'm glad I have you here to talk to, and maybe you can sure. uh, give me your perspective on things. Um, Absolutely, Jay. So I want to start off, no matter what country you discuss, it's always one of the greatest, uh, one of the most meaningful, let me say that, one of the most meaningful topics is always going to be healthcare. Uh, I've heard... That you guys' healthcare, Canada's healthcare system is a lot different than ours. Number one being, and I don't know this is true, that's why I'm asking you, is that your healthcare is actually free. Can you elaborate on that for me? Well, uh, it's not free. That's for sure. Um, it, it's free, and it's the thing is, it's free in the sense that when you go to a doctor, you're not submitted. You're not uh, generally given a bill that you have to pay the government um the government covers a lot of uh, a lot of the service mind you the taxes here are ridiculous mm-hmm. and that's where you that's where the cost comes in you know everybody you know your taxes are your tax at a, at a very high level here um and a lot of that money goes into the system that is used to pay for health care um another thing is is that you know like say say i went to new york for a weekend and i broke my arm there would be i would probably get a bill for about fifteen thousand yeah. dollars in new york and if I went to a hospital there, whereas here, I wouldn't, you know, I'd go in, they'd treat me, and, and I'd walk out probably without having to pay any for anything. Um, but mind you, it all everybody gets taxed to the hilt um, to, that, that pays for all of that. And, you know, there's also, there's, also, there, there's problems with it, too. Like, you know, if, some, if you need an MRI, if you think you tore a, something, a tendon or something, and you, you know, it was bugging the shit out of you and you wanted an MRI, you'd probably have to wait like three, four months to get one. Wow. Um, yeah, so I mean, there, there's the healthcare up here. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, we're very appreciative of it, and uh, but it, it's not free. That's for sure. Tell me a little bit about maybe the welfare system out there. You, um, is there one at all? Is, how does that all go? Yeah, no, no. There's definitely a welfare system. Um, the Canadian, the Canadian uh, culture is is very. Um, it's a very caring culture. So you know, it's it, you know, down in the U.S., it's, it seems to me to be a lot more, a lot more rugged. You know, like a lot more doggy dog world down there. Whereas up here, um, you know, it, you know, if you're 
if you're on welfare, like you'll get you. But the government makes sure that you you're trying to find a job, and they try to if you're out of if you're out of work, they try to get you in retraining programs and get you back working. It's not like free money. And if you were on welfare, you wouldn't be getting a lot of money. You'd be getting a lot. You'd be basically getting enough to, you know, you know, pay like you know, pay for your food and that, and 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 maybe put a roof over your head for a little while, but nobody's getting rich on the welfare up here. Um, and, it's, and it's frowned upon, like everybody, you wanna see people working, you wanna see people earning their keep, not being given anything, you know? And that's, that was one of my big problems with during the, during the past presidential election with Bernie Sanders. Um, Bernie's a good man, um, but he was promising free tuition to, to everybody to go to university at, at state schools. And I'm a Democrat, I'm a, I'm a proud Democrat, I'm a conservative, Democrat. Um, I'd probably be a Republican, but they're a bunch of racist motherfucking sacks of shit, and I can't stand them. But uh, if the thing about the free university was, I don't, I don't believe in that because although you want your population to be educated and and, and be informed, at the same time, when I went to school, I, I worked summers on on like on garbage trucks to pay my way through school, and that was hard work. But I was earning my way. I was earning my tuition. I was in class. I was showing up and getting my grades and reading my books and doing my homework nothing was given you you earn it you don't you're not given it because if they're giving away free university education what are they going to be giving away next free maseratis free 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 motorcycles free houses no you, you got to earn stuff in life especially in in a, in, a, in a culture of ours that's that a lot of people have worked to build and preserve our freedoms and our our way of life you know i, I believe in a strong work ethic for sure and i could totally respect that but you sound to me like you're you're trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're earning it, you actually appreciate it more opposed to people who are just getting it and they fuck it off. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and you know, part of earning it is, is, is the work that you have to do. Like, you have to, you have to, you know, show up and, and, and put your time in and, and, and show ambition and, 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 and just work hard. And when you work hard and you, you work for something and you get it, uh, it's very satisfying as opposed to just having it handed to you, which I don't think teaches anybody anything. Um, and you, and if you're given things, you're just going to squander them without thinking about it because you're expecting the next thing to be given to you. Whereas if you earn something, you, you, you know, you enjoy it, you protect it, you preserve it, you, you, you keep the upkeep on it, like a car, for example, or, or a home. And it just, I just think it's a lot better, a lot better way of life when people are, are going out and, and, and working to, to, you know, feed themselves and do well for themselves. Yeah, so you brought up something that was part of my list of things to ask you, and you said how you feel that the uh, the Republicans were uh, racist, right? So yeah. I've, I've, I've heard mixed batches of things that people talk about racism in Canada as a whole. You know, where where are you with that? What is it that you see as far as racism in uh, Canada? In Canada, you know, I think I think wherever you go, there's going to be a certain level of racism. 
Um, I don't think I don't think you can escape it generally. Like I, I went down to uh, Barbados a few years ago, and and I was really struck by how how that's a very mixed white black culture, but everybody got along pretty well. I thought on the surface. Um, up here in Canada, we're a very very multicultural society, um, just like the U.S. Like if you were you know in New York, I'm sure that's a melting pot of a gazillion different types of people. Uh, it's pretty much this. It's it's definitely the same up here, especially in Toronto, uh, the, the the which is the most populous, the biggest city in Canada. Um, like it, like in Canada, we have we have a population of about thirty five million in the in the country. It's coast to coast, and our and our country is is large. If you look at it on a map, it it's it's probably arguably bigger in land mass than the United States, mm-hmm. and it and it also spans. Uh, from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, and it's also bordered on the northern tier by the Arctic, the Arctic Ocean, and that's always a constant source of friction between ourselves and the Russians, who seem to like to, you know, have their submarines, you know, go on uh, pro- provocative uh, excursions around there. So. But the country's huge. But 10 million, the population is 35 million, and about 10 million of those 35 live in the province that I live in, which is Ontario, um, and which also has the capital city, Ottawa, and the most populous city in the province, which is Toronto, which has a population of anywhere between 2 and 4 million. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of different cultures here, and there's a very strong culture with people from um, India, and Pakistan, uh, among others, and, and there's and it's it becomes a bit of a there's a lot of controversies that you know people from the, from those regions that come over they have you know they wear certain religious garb like turbans or whatever and they're always pushing for to have exceptions made and stuff and and I think there's a big there's a there's a, a, a there's a strong feeling I think with a lot of a lot of people that have been that are from here originally that you know these people anybody that comes over and I, I'm an immigrant to, to Canada I came from the US anybody that comes over you're lucky to be in the fucking country you can't be dictating or trying to like change the laws to suit your own what the things that you had back home you know what I mean can you, you like can you elaborate so much, on that a little bit more though like is there like a law against wearing turbans and shit over there no, no, there's not. But um, people are allowed to wear wear that stuff. But say you were in the uh, if you were in the police force or in, in the army, um, you know sometimes uh, like Sikhs, like the the, relig- the people that are of Sikh heritage or or you know Pakistani heritage that might wear those things, and, you know they're they're expected to wear a different type of hat or helmet or something, you know, when they're out when they're in the field working, like protecting. And sometimes controversies come up that you know somebody is trying to rebel against that and they want to wear their turban out there and they want to do this and it makes national headlines and everybody's just like fuck really you're lucky to be here man you know what i mean like we're all lucky to be in a beautiful country like canada or the united states um it's a they're two amazing countries and it's an amazing thing that they're neighbors um along the longest unprotected border in the world um which is about three thousand miles long um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think there's racism wherever you go, uh, no matter where, even up here in Canada. Um, and it's just, it's, it takes an enlightened mind, an educated mind to realize. And I think the, the great majority of Canadians realize that we're a very tolerant 
society, a very accepting society and a welcoming society and a society that tries to get along, you know, and, and, and you know, one thing, one, one distinct difference between Canada and the United States is guns. Um, you know, down in the U.S., you know, in a lot of states, uh, you know, the NRA has a lot of sway, a lot of political power, and they don't even want, they don't want any restrictions on guns. And, of course, the, the, the dickhead that's in the White House right now, he's, he's filleting them left, right, and center, um, which is sad. He's sad completely. I mean, I, you can get me going on Trump for about an hour, but... Um, you know, up here, guns are a lot harder to get. There's people that have them. There's There are murders in Toronto. There's shootings, stabbings all the time. But the murder rate here, like, what would be the murder rate in New York on a, on a given year? It ain't, it ain't Chicago about, bad, but it's bad. Yeah, Chicago's Chicago's uh, Chicago's an embarrassment. I mean, they should be able to, you know, like I wouldn't be opposed to the National Guard going in there and trying to clean that up because it's ridiculous how, how bad Chicago is yeah. in, in certain neighborhoods. But yeah, up here there's a lot less. There's you know, the murder. I mean, we have fewer people, mind you, too. But um, in Toronto, in a given year, there might be maybe 35, 50 murders. Whereas, you know, in Chicago, there's probably like seven, 800, maybe 1,500 a year. Yeah. And, and you know and, what? And I did an episode with uh, Big Cannon from Chicago. In that episode, and anybody listening, I'll try to throw it in the link. A link in the uh, description box so you can go back and listen to it. And, you know, he and I spoke on that. And I, I will have to say, man, New York used to be really, really bad. New York has gotten yes. a hell of a lot better. Uh, when I was growing up, man, that shit was the the norm. I don't know if it's ever reached as bad as Chicago is now, but I know New York was very bad back then. And uh, thank God that things are different because I'm a father now, you know. And so I, I don't want. I'm happy to not have to. Yes, I do got to worry about it. Yes, I do live in the hood. I'm from Harlem. Uh, I actually just back and forth between Harlem and Brooklyn all the time. It's just one of those things that. I'm way more comfortable at having children now than when I grew up. When I grew up, it just was going down right there, broad day in front of everybody. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I'm, I'm old enough to remember. I mean, I've never even been in New York before, but you know, I do, I do uh, read up a lot on it and keep an eye on on, uh, on on the U.S. and things that happened there. And I remember back in the in the '80s, well, the '70s and the '80s, late '70s, maybe the early '70s, the crime was rampant in New York, especially murders, and it was really, really bad. And when Giuliani came in as mayor, he turned it all around. He gets a lot of credit. Rudy Giuliani, not the. He shouldn't know. Not that I might. I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, because Giuliani should get the credit for having a big stronghold on gentrification. That's what he should get credit for. Because him and him and the people, his political timeline, all they did was buy up all the shit that see what people don't understand is the more the more crime and violence, the more the property value goes down. So all right. these motherfuckers did was allow us to bring and not bring us the resources and stuff like they do to Chicago, not have the jobs, not have all of that stuff, pretty much allow us to kill ourselves, even though it's on us, we should we should take responsibility for our own actions. But the point I'm trying to make is they sat back and watched all that shit happen and then just came and bought up everything. And now they're pushing us all out of our neighborhoods. That's it. Giuliani gave a fuck about the people from the neighborhoods he gave a fuck about. 
He didn't care about right. anybody else. Giuliani's thing was locking motherfuckers up for petty shit, giving them a bunch of time. Therefore, all you doing is clearing up the streets for the gentrification to happen, especially on the level that it has here in New York. Well, hey, man, uh, you live there, and, and I take your word uh, for sure on that. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to it. All I remember is that, you know, when he, like, before he came in, the murder rate was crazy. Yeah. And during his time as mayor, it went way down. Um, and, and, for, and, for, you know, and I think a lot of people appreciated that but yeah. but the way he did it maybe that you allude to you know was had some had some uh some, some odorous uh background to it as well when it, when it comes to canada just as a whole how much different because i i have no knowledge of canada from a lot of angles do you guys have like the same voting system as us and how corrupt can the politics be in canada how corrupt do, do you have the same voting system as us, and does it get as corrupt as it does in America? We do have we do have a, a democracy uh, where you get one vote. Um, say though, it's different in the sense that um, so if you were going to go vote in an, on election day, you'd probably have multiple people to vote for: president, senator, congressman. Am I right? Yeah. Whereas we, like in my, at least in my, well, I'm pretty sure this is nationwide, I would be voting for, it, uh, like in a federal election, I would be voting for my local, my local seat, my local riding, they call it. Like my local, you know, my district. And whoever is elected in that district would would go to Ottawa, which is our capital, because we have, a, our parliament is in Ottawa. We're a parliamentary democracy based on the British rule. Canada originated from from, from uh, the UK, just like um, the United States did. Um, but we, we've, we've remained a lot more loyal to, to uh, Britain. We're a Commonwealth country. We have very, very strong British ties. Like when the, when the Queen comes over, she's come over a few times, like over the years, but she'll always, you know, she always comes through Canada and makes a big sort of national tour. She'll go to different cities across the country. Um, but we have that one vote system. So if I'm voting in an election, I wouldn't vote for three or four different people. I'd vote for my local person. And then that person, whoever gets elected, represents my my area. And then the prime minister, like right now we have, we have a prime minister. We don't have a president. We have a prime minister. And our prime minister is a guy named Justin Trudeau. And he's a young, he's a good looking guy, like on TV. He comes across as, you know, like the camera loves him. Um, his father was prime minister in the early 70s and 60s and 70s. And he was one of the most popular prime ministers the country's ever had. Now, I personally didn't like him because I thought he was a big spender. And he was also very cozy with uh, Fidel Castro, which I don't like. I don't like commies. So um, I wasn't a big fan of Pierre Trudeau, Justin's father. And I'm not a big fan of Justin either. A lot of people think that he's in over his head. Um, but he's, he's, you know, he won the last federal election. And he's got a, I think he's got a fairly big, like he's got a, he, his party has the majority in parliament. So I'm not sure how many seats there are in the, in the, in the country, like across the country, but there's like probably like a hundred. Let me, I'm going to look that up right now while we're talking, but um his party is in power and basically the, one of the big differences between um, um, Canada and the US is when a president's elected 
there are he's elected to a four-year term whereas here generally the prime minister will be um in power for for four to five years but he could be out in like a year like if if there's if if something happens like that is controversial and in causes a, the, the, the opposition to rise up in, in protest, there could be an election called fairly quickly, a federal election. And the, and the other big difference, one of the other, one of the biggest differences between Canada and the U.S. politically is that your elections, which I don't mind because I'm a political junkie, they go on forever. Like when you're running for president, you're running for basically 18 months. Mm. When you're running for prime minister here, it's, it's like 50 days and it's done. Mm. You know, and there's not a lot of like a lot of a lot of the big money has corrupted American politics. Um, the, the Supreme Court a few years ago, when Obama was president, they struck down a they struck down a law that limited the amount of money that can be put into campaigns and, and whatnot, and that just opened the floodgates for all this dirty money. Because the Supreme Court said that when you when you donate with your money, that's that's a form of free speech. And you should your free speech and your ability to contribute financially should not be limited. Um, but it also opened, like I say, it opened the floodgates. I'm looking at the Canadian Parliament right now, the numbers, and the, the party in power, the Liberals, Justin's party, they have 183 seats. Uh, the main opposition, we have, we also have more parties here. We have like three or four parties in Canada as opposed to two. I mean, there's other parties in the U.S., but. The Democrats and the Republicans are predominantly the two parties. But here we have three or four. Um, the Liberals, they have 183 seats. The Conservatives have 99. Uh, the NDP, which is a Socialist Party, they have 44. And the Bloc Québécois have 10. And that's another thing with Canada. Quebec sits to the east of Ontario. And Quebec is a big province. It has a couple of big cities in it. Montreal, which is a tremendous party town, <laughs> and uh, Quebec City, and a very strong French culture. And there's been times where there's been movements in Quebec to want to separate from Canada, to wow. secede. Wow. And 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 actually, in 1995, I think it was. I'm not. I'd have to go back and look at the year. There was a big vote on, like inside Quebec, yes or no, do we leave? Just like there was in Britain to leave the European Union. And the prime minister at the time in Canada was a guy named Jean Chrétien, who I also despised. He was a liberal, um, like from the Liberal Party, not small L liberal, like the Liberal Party. And he was a French Canadian, uh, so he had some skin in the game. You know, he was from the province that wanted to get out of Canada, but he was also the federal leader trying to keep the country together. But he almost fell asleep at the switch. He didn't realize like what the sentiment was in Quebec for leaving. And he, he kind of was late to the to the campaign. It was a yes or no campaign. I, I can't remember if, if it was the yes, we leave, or the no, we don't. I'm not sure which, I can't remember. But the province voted to stay in Canada by like 0.3 or 4%. It was really close. They were really close to leaving. And... That was that was a real scare where Canada almost kind of came apart um, at the seams in uh, the mid '90s, I think it was. Might have been, might have been in the 2000s. I can't remember now, but so that those are some big differences in the in the in the, in the two countries. Um, you know, our elections are a lot shorter, um, and our politicians are sort of uh, you know th that we have a prime minister as opposed to a president, 
and uh, our our parliament, like our government, can be dissolved, and, and a snap election be, can be called at any time. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a great country, though. I fucking love it. Um, it's a beautiful country, big, clean country, great natural resources. Uh, you know, bordered on by both oceans, um, and people coast to coast are fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's one of the one of the best kept secrets in the world how nice is how nice Canada is. And and I, I'm I'm a dual citizen. I could probably go down and live in the U.S. if I wanted to, um, but I've but I've spent my whole life here, and it's home. You know, so when I do get down to the U.S., I love it. I was down in Kentucky a couple weeks ago and drove down and just loved loved the loved the drive and love love seeing the United States. And I think the states is going to be all right, no matter no matter who the dickhead is that's in the White House right now. I personally want to go to Canada. I got to get my fucking passport. There was other shit that was hindering me before from from being able to do that. Um, from yeah. what I've heard from people, the Canadian borders are very, very strict. You get turned around for any little thing. Is that true? And what is your knowledge of the borders? Yeah, it's true. It's true. It, used, it, 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 it wasn't always that way, though. It, it really, really changed after 9-11. Um, right 9-11 was... was yeah, it was the tipping point because obviously, you know, you know, nine eleven was one of the most tragic days. Obviously, um, you know, I remember, I remember when that happened and and how how crushing it was. Loving the United States like I do, um, uh, you know, to see that happen and especially that beautiful city, those beautiful towers, those beautiful people, um, you know. And taken down in such an evil way by by those evil evil motherfuckers, um, but after that happened, the borders got really tight. And you know, actually, like on my trip there, it wasn't too too bad. I mean, we you know, I was with the wife, and we basically, you know, we told them where we were going, and, and they they you know they did a quick search of our car, and we were through no problem. And because they looked at our passports also, and, and I have a clean record. I've never been in jail or done anything bad, or you know, I'm a pretty pretty clean pretty clean living citizen but um if there's any suspicion they'll pull you over and uh you know give you the they'll go and it's not just the canadians the americans will too um because you got to go because when we when i leave the u.s i generally go through detroit um but i, I distinctly remember um after 9-11 i went to a game a football an nfl game in buffalo go see the bills and the bears my beloved bears and i was on a party bus we had a bite we had a bus full of my uh, from work and we had about 45 50 people on this bus and we went to the american border to go to to go to cross over to get to buffalo and they they made us get off the bus and they searched us and i think this was the american the american uh border guys but they gave us a real hard time and, and held us up for quite a while we were lucky to make the game in time but mm. yeah and you know what you, you, after 9-11 everything changed you know the, they they're very they want and, I, and i'm glad i'm glad the security's tight i you know, I want to f fly or drive with peace of mind that that uh, you know bad people are being detained and, and, and investigated. You know, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I mean, at the same time, I don't want to see anybody you know profiled or, or you know just given a hard time because of, of this or that. But I, one thing I, I heard though was that you know some people were complaining that they would go to the border and, and the border guards would want to see their phones. They would want to like they, and their social media. They want to know if you're on social media um, some, sometimes. I've heard stories about that. Yeah, so, I can, that's yeah. why I asked you because I, I heard that it can get really crazy. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, fortunately, nobody asked me about that, but um, I've, I've definitely heard some horror stories from, from travelers that have you know, been really roasted at the border and asked a lot of questions and, and stuff. So if you're crossing the border, you should be on your, you should be on your best behavior, have your paperwork in order and, uh, you know, just, just be straight, straight ahead and answer the questions and, and be honest and, and just, you know, hopefully you get across no problem. Well, I want to thank you, man, for opening up and being able to talk about so many different things here today, man. I appreciate it. Oh, fuck. I, Jay, I appreciate you having, on, having me on, man. You're an awesome guy and fuck, you know, Wish you nothing but success, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime uh, down the line. No, we can definitely do it at any time, man. I'm with it. You know, as we say to everybody else, number one, subscribe and follow. Especially if you're you're listening now on iTunes, we need you guys to rate it, rate it, so the more it goes up on the rating list, other people see that it even uh, the podcast even exists. But make sure you follow us on YouTube and on SoundCloud. Uh, I want to thank Phil Ford. And then, like I said, at the end of every episode, three things you got to do for the wolf pack. Wolf pack being your family and your inner circle, man. That's provide, protect, and educate. And hopefully we'll see you guys on the next episode.